G'day, welcome back to the Open for Business podcast. My name's Anthony and today on the show, we're talking to Australia's own Brett Campbell. He's a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker and the chief evangelist of Klaxon, an award-winning digital agency based on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Today, Brett is going to share his insights on how you can connect with highly successful people, why digital marketing is vital for business growth in today's environment, how to scale your business using digital marketing, why businesses should invest in a digital agency, and he's also going to give us his thoughts on the social media platform that people are currently sleeping on. So to get all of that and more, it's a fantastic episode. Can't wait to get stuck into it. Let's jump right on in. All right, Mr. Brett Campbell, very excited to have you on the show today. My pleasure to be here. It's fantastic to uh, to finally be chatting, uh, well, kind of face-to-face. Um, been following the uh, the Brett Campbell journey for, for quite some time, so it's a bit of a buzz to be uh, to be able to interview today, mate. Very excited. Mate, and I appreciate you for following along the journey. I've seen you pop up uh, on social a lot um, and, good. you know, one, one tactic straight out of the gate for everyone listening, you know, if you want to get on someone's radar, just be in front of them consistently, you know. Be um, social. So, mate, yeah, be, be social. Interact with people's comments, you know. Give them some love. Give them a, a thumbs up here and there. Comment on their stories. Goes a long way. You'll be surprised. Like a lot of people think that, um, you know, it's so hard to land or, or to communicate or to connect with certain people. And it's like, you know, a lot of people out there are, are, are you know, and the more successful I find in, in many cases, now, of course, sometimes there's more hoops to jump through all of that, but mm-hmm. the more successful, um, the more willingness there is for, you know, that person to be able to share. Yeah. You know, like I did a podcast yesterday with um, a 19-year-old um, young young guy in here. He reached out. He's sort of getting into the scene. And I'm like, mate, you know, does he have a million followers? Does he have 30,000 people listening to a show? No, not at all. But, you know, it, it's that. I personally love doing those type of things more than and then even going on someone's show who does have you know millions of listeners because um, it, it, it you know it's it's that that ability to be able to because when I was 19 I would have loved for someone to throw me a bone mm, you yeah. know I, yep. I would have loved for someone to to you know put their hand down and sort of to reach for me and grab me up and pull me up etc so um yes yeah mate credit to you Let's love do this. It. Love it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Look, we've, we've got to start off with the uh, the first question that I ask all the podcast guests, mate. And uh, it's an interesting one. It is, what did you always want to be when you grew up? Well, maybe it's because I'm back on the podcast train, right? Like we've been talking. Hmm. <clears throat> I got asked this question yesterday and I, I, I probably spent a lot longer than I um, <laughs> presumed that I would be. The reason being is this question is actually in my book. So, yes. um I actually have this in a quit, like as one of my exercises that I take people through, and it's like, yeah, what did you want to be when you grow up? Because I believe there's a direct link to what you're doing now or what you want to be doing still now, mm-hmm. right? But what you what you thought it was back then is just a component of the actual desirable outcome of it. So for me, I wanted to be an actor, right? I wanted to be I wanted to be an actor, and and that was purely because I just loved entertaining people. I love sharing with people and I wanted, I was a class clown, you know, I, I, I just loved the whole acting. I was the only kid who, who enjoyed speeches when it came around every year. I was the only kid who enjoyed, mm. you know, drama class. Well, there's, there's a few of us, but you know, I was, yeah. I was certainly the most excitable about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I loved it cause it gave me an opportunity to entertain and that's where I, I've, I felt like that's where I belonged, you know? Um, 
and going through you know my, my business career and entrepreneurial career etc what I've uncovered and again writing writing my book and going through this personal development journey over the last 12 years the um, what that really was was I just wanted to and like at the core essence of it all when I broke it down I just wanted to see people like smile and I wanted to see people have an aha that's what I wanted to do and I thought that's the only way I could do that back then was was being a class clown or being a bit of a you know doing skits at school and because that's what gave me that or that's what gave the person that aha moment or I got to see them smile yes because I didn't know anything else right mm. to now though it's it's you know whether I'm on stage whether I'm doing a podcast whether I'm talking with you you know I set an intention before every single podcast every single thing that I do I'm like how can I blow your mind right I'm sitting here going how can because what that's going to do is going to put me into a mindset of am I going to deliver the best potential podcast that I could possibly do right now mm-hmm. you know so I love when I'm sitting here with with someone whether I'm interviewing someone or someone's interviewing me my, my goal is if I can blow your mind, it's going to blow other people's mind. It's going to stop and make them think. Yep. Right? So it's that that aha of, oh, there's something else here that I've been missing. Mm, so mm. what I thought was an actor um, has turned into um, – you know, I'm still trying to find out what that, that actual answer is. Like, I don't, I'm still haven't <laughs> up yet. You know, what do I want to be? Yeah. Uh, but definitely someone who has impact on people's lives yes. and to be able to witness it. Yep. So like – you could tell me that I've had an impact on a thousand or ten million people living in the Amazon jungle or whatever, and I'm like, great. All I need to see is one person have the impact. You know what I mean? So I'm a very visual, I'm a very vibrational type person. Where if I see it and I can feel it, yep, that, that's what I'm searching for. Yeah, yeah, and you're so right. Like even if we, um, you know, the next little thing that I want to do is get you to do a bit of a, a sixty seconds, the backstory of Brett Campbell, and you know, you just mentioned that. The, the correlation between what we want to be when we grow up and what we actually do, in your case, perfect scenario, helping people, giving value, giving people those aha moments. So can you give us a bit of a, a snapshot into what you have done in the past that relates to that? 60 seconds. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Thereabouts, mate. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, here we go. I'm going to try and distill this. Um, so I, I was – and I always get asked the question um, – around when was it that I realized I was an entrepreneur? Mm. Like there wasn't a moment where I realized I'd, I've, I've always known, I've always internally known that there's this thing inside of me that made me different to other people. I didn't know what it was um, at the time. I just I just felt different. Yep. Um, so I come from a, you know, I was born in Australia. Um, when I was four years old, my last, me- I was living in a caravan park. Um, my last memory of living in the caravan park was me walking into the caravan, my mum yelling, asking for help, and my dad was throw, about to throw through the caravan window. Um, and that was the last memory I had of, of that caravan park and my father because my mother and sister and myself jumped on an aeroplane. We moved to New Zealand. So I grew up a very lost young boy. I had no male role models, um, and but I was always seeking. I was always seeking for something because I knew there was something out there, but I just had no idea. Um Kicked out of high school from talking too much, um, became a cabinet maker because it was the only job available. From day one, I wanted to own the, the cabinet making factory, so I knew that there was something weird about me because I was like, I don't want to just work here. I want to own this place. Yeah. So I've always had a drive of being relentless and trying to achieve as much as I could. Realized quickly from day one that that wasn't what I was meant to do, but I, I, I stuck it out for five years. Unbelievable. Yep. Until it got to a point where it was that bad that I – just gave up. I left, went to university for a year, 
realized that was a, another waste of time. I wasn't going to give another four years to uni. Jumped on an airplane with my golf clubs and a suitcase, moved to the surface paradise here in Gold Coast um, to start what is now my entrepreneurial career. You know, it's called it 12 years ago, landed here since then. Um, you know, built a number of companies uh, at its time, the fastest growing fitness franchise here in Australia, fastest growing um, fitness academy. We were one of the, the first pioneers in the online info space and the fitness space back in 2012, 13. Um, and then the, the journey sort of took over and, you know, it was people were asking me, hey, can you show me how you did that? So then that led to, sure, and I was coaching and mentoring business um, owners. And then, of course, there were still missing parts to that where people were going, can you, you know, you're teaching me this stuff, but I'm just not doing it and I don't know how to do it, right? Yeah. You can lead a horse to water, jump on their neck, but you can't make them drink it. Yep. Um, and then that led into, can you just do it for me? And, you know, that that was about 18 months knocking at the door, people going, can you do it for me? Can you just do it? Can you just do it? I'm like, no, no, no. The last thing I want to do is open up an agency. So me being me, I opened up a bloody agency um, two years ago. And, and since then, we're a multi-award winning agency. Um you know, fastest growing digital growth agency uh, here in Australia and mate, we're here to take over the world. So, And you're, uh, you're well on your way to doing that, mate. So well done. Congrats on all the success. And I apologize. That took two minutes and 15 seconds. I timed it. Damn it. <laughs> Did well timed it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fat to, to, to cut off that. <laughs> exactly. That's the, uh, the very, very abbreviated version. So no, that's good. Mate, um, just before we get into uh, a little bit more around the uh, business slash marketing side of things, with, um, you know, we have mentioned you're back on the podcast train. Can you tell me why someone in your position uh, would be doing and, um, you know, putting so much time and effort into a podcast and not doing, you know, big media releases and TV and all that sort of stuff? What's your, what's your reasoning behind it? Yeah, so the answer to that is I'm doing everything. So okay. let me, let me re- rewind back to two years, two years and two months ago. Um, when we sat down and, and looked at, okay, so we're going to build at the time it was Campbell Media Group. Mm-hmm. From day one, the goal has been to remove me from the business. Yep. Because I'm the sticking point of every single part of this business as it's grown because I yep. was the guy who started. I was running the ads for our first ever client. You were the face. I was doing everything. I was mm. I was doing our tax returns. I was doing the bloody, you know, <laughs> payroll. I was, like, I was the guy. So, yes, yes. So with the intention around it was like, from day one, remove me from each aspect of the business as fast as we possibly could and, and bring in someone who is, is you know, of, of equal or better than me at that particular role, someone who really loves that, who, like for me, the last thing I want to do is sit down and create a Facebook ad yep. or, a, or a LinkedIn ad or a Google ad or whatever ad. Yep. Like that shit does not get me excited. Yep. Right? But there are people out there who love that. Mm. Right? Our team are obsessed about that. They goof on that stuff and that's perfect. Yep. Right, because that's what we need. Um, so recently, uh, from at the goal, like I said, from day one was to remove myself from from the business, and we had a two year goal around that. And two years literally ticked over, and it was I've transitioned with inside the company to a role of you know, we made up a role basically um, of chief evangelist. Yep. Right. So what that basically means is I'm out there now doing this this is my this is what i do for the business i sit here i talk about it i talk about you know and and all all it takes is and this is the beauty why people um you know why podcasting and and just putting your hand up and going you know what 
I'm happy to do the interview with whomever. If I've got spots in my calendar, I don't care if you're Joe Bloggs and you want to do a podcast, so I'm going to give you an opportunity, mm, mm, right? Yeah. Um, because someone listening to that, you only need two people to listen to that one podcast and one of those people actually knows someone else who knows someone else and all of a sudden it's like Boom. you never know. When you trace things back, yes. when you reverse engineer success, it's unbelievable where it can stem from. Yes. So for me, it's you know it's, it's part of what I do for the company. Yep. You know, growing the, obviously – Internally, I love growing the business, the culture, you know, visionary of the company as well, along with with my business partner. Um, I'm not stuck in day to day operations unless I want to be, or unless I go and, you know, um, stick my head in and, and have a bit of a deep dive into it. Yeah. But the reality is that's so. Why am I doing this? Is because it's part of my role within the business, and and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, and especially founders, they don't really have roles within inside the business. Yes. They, they do a bit of this and that and that. And it's like, well, you still need to I – see, I see myself as though I work for Klaxon. Yep. Right? Yep. I just happen to own it as well. Yep. Right? But separate to that, I've got to turn up every day. I've got things I've got to do. I've got to hit KPIs as well. Hmm. You know, and, and I know a lot of solopreneurs or founders you know, listening probably like, oh, damn it. You know, like <laughs> it's nice to sort of fly under the radar slightly with when because it's you. I want, I want the freedom. Yeah. 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 You want the freedom. Yeah. It's like, yeah. cool. Um, as long as you know what, what comes with that as well. So Yeah. And look, I think um, a, a massive point for people to take away here, you know, with, you know, the, the audience majority being um, of this podcast being in the SME space, the the fact that someone like yourself who has built a, a multi-million dollar award-winning agency, you know, you're looking to take things international, you've gotten yourself to the position where you know you believe it's important to be the chief evangelist of the business right how many smes solopreneurs you know entrepreneurs mm. how many of them actually think about okay how are we evangelizing the business who is going to be the chief evangelist like do you mm. think it's something that's missing from a lot of businesses it is and the beautiful thing about it, because that was the intention from day one, we hired and we delegated and we found people for specific work. Because what can happen is when you're a founder of a business, you can be caught up doing everything. Yeah, you, give, and you, you create a job for yourself. Yeah. Mm. You know, like you're calling shots on this, you're calling shots on that. Whenever I need to call shots, that's a barrier as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Like if I have to call certain shots, that's a barrier. Now, I obviously have our leadership meetings and so forth with the team and, and um, we're required. But the reality is, is, um, once you can let the rope go and realize that in order for the business to actually fully grow and develop, you're never going to be able to call every shot. You have to, you have to let it go and you have to entrust in the people, um, and your team yeah. to be able to, you know, to, to do their job because that's yeah. what they're hired for. That's what they get paid for, hmm. you know? So, um, I think we are an anomaly, um, certainly an outlier when it comes to that, being able to have someone, whose core role is to do that. You know, um, Dan Sullivan, uh, the founder of Strategic Coach, so it's a big multi, um, multi-million dollar coaching company um, in Canada. He has this concept called unique ability. And when I heard it, like I heard it about five years ago, and the concept of unique ability is, you know, what's that thing that only you can do really? Like what's that thing that, that is your zone? You know, yeah. someone people call a zone of genius or whatever. Just what's that thing that you – you know you are the absolute weapon at. Yeah, yeah. No one can evangelize Klaxon like I can. Yep. Like no one can. So it makes absolute sense for me to do that. Yes. Now, I'm sure people can do an amazing job and a good job at it, mm. but they won't be better than me at it. It's in your blood. Right? Mm. That's why I'll sit here and do 
12 hours of podcasts a day talking about it. Yes. Because that's that's what I love doing I'm, yep. and I happen to be pretty good at it. Do you yep. know what I mean? So yep. um, finding that thing that you're extremely good at. Like now there's, there's a lot of um, business owners, small business owners out there who are what I call accidental entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right, where they're they're an accidental entrepreneur, where they've stumbled across something, there's they've created something, and there's a market for it. And you're, oh my god, now I've got a business, but that they don't have this big visionary, you know, audacious, relentless drive for success and, and achievement. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to either. So let's, you know, caveat that where you don't have to, but sometimes they're in a a role that they shouldn't be in with inside their own company. Yeah, you know, I, I think most businesses would do better if they actually found someone who's a good CEO or who's a good COO or a general manager and you work on the things that you're good at. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah, it, it can be such like, a, you know, um, limiting to growth, can't it, when, you know, the, the business owner, the founder, um, it does just get stuck in that day-to-day role and there is nobody out there evangelizing for the business or, you know, making sure that, you know, that real growth is happening because it's just all bogged down and then that just creates a ceiling that you can't get past. So, yeah, yeah 100%. Um, with all of your success in you know having started and run and running multiple businesses, what are the uh, quotation marks secret ingredients or ingredient in your opinion? Is it to uh, you know building a successful business or businesses? Mm-hmm. Yep, building a community and a database is number one hands down, and a database and a community of people who are interested in the thing that you. Um, mm potential that you have. So let's take a couple of steps back before that even is identify an area that you would like to work in, right? Yep. Identify if there is a want and a need for it, yep. provide a solution for it, and then go absolute gangbusters on generating leads and awareness around your product. That's mm. a secret, man. There's, there's yep. you know, and I, again, I was talking about this a little bit earlier around this concept where people, people are blinded by the upside, right? People are blinded by the upside and they don't see the downside. So an easy way to articulate this, when I was 15, I got my learner's license yep. and I was in town and uh, I was talking to a guy, he had a for sale sign on his car and I'm like, oh man, I want that. How much is your car? He goes, 1500 bucks. I said, oh, cool. You know, I had $1,500. I saved it up and I said, come down to my house and I'll get my dad to look at the car um, and we'll buy it. He drives it up in the driveway. I walk inside. I said, you know, dad, you know, my stepdad, I said, dad, dad, come and have a look. I want to buy this car. He goes, looked out the window. Within five seconds, he goes, we ain't buying that heap of shit. Mm. Tell, tell him to go. I'm like, what? So I went out and I said, sorry, we can't. I was burnt. I was like, what? Why'd you do that? But when I found out, the car was an absolute bomb. It was a piece of crap and it wasn't worth $500. Yeah. But I was blinded by the upside of, yeah, me and my boy is going to be car. cruising with the car. Yeah. I'll get some sounds, get some subs in the back. Yeah. You know, this is going to be epic. So I was blinded by the up. I was blinded. Yes. The upside was just so good in my eyes yep. that I didn't even see the downside. Mm. People get sucked into this. You can make a hundred grand overnight. You can if you have a, a large database of people who want your stuff. Yeah. You know, the day that we we cracked hundred k in sales in a day with an online product, for me it was sort of like, oh yeah, it was expected. Yeah. Like at that time it was expected. Yeah. Because I'd learned that, you know, my first ever product launch that I did, it flopped on its face. You know, I spent over 2,000 hours tracked because I tracked it with a timer, literally. Yeah. You know, outside of my personal training when I was doing all of that too. Yeah. Um, I tracked the time and, and I launched a product and I sold like 20 units, like 20 bucks. It was ridiculous. I made four or 500 bucks, which I didn't because I spent thousands in softwares and all of that. 
And I was like, oh, man, what the, why didn't it work? And the reason being is I had 350 people on my database. I sent out an email blast to 350 people. I would probably be fair to say that at least 330 of those had no idea who I was. I picked up business cards from businesses and I'd add them to my yeah. database. And I thought, yeah, this is the one. That'll do. No, I'm building a database. Yes, That's what yes. I thought building a database was. Yep. You know, I'd like walk into Harcourts and I'd grab all the real estate agents. You know, there's like seven of them. Bang, bang, bang. Grab a card each, sending out emails. I'm like, oh, I've got this. This is, this is how you make money online. And that flopped on its ass until I became obsessed with, ah, oh, I get it. I just, I need to generate leads. Yep. You know, and then went on a, an obsessive uh, lead generation, which, that, and, you know, when I say we created the fastest growing fitness franchise and fastest growing fitness college, not because I've got any extra special source, it's because I had a database. I was building the databases. Yeah, you had the connections. That was it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so biggest piece of advice right now, people are more worried about followers and how many likes they've got and how many comments they're getting and the engagement on social. Don't get me yep. wrong, they're important metrics. Yep. But you cannot take your eyes off having a database. Yeah, yeah, love it. What, um, like, you know, from uh, from yourself being a, a very successful agency owner to myself being a very new startup agency owner, what is it do you think and do you find, um, you know, generally marketing isn't given the attention or made a priority the way it should be in a business and can sometimes be a pretty scary, daunting, dirty word to business owners. Why do you yep. think that's the case when someone like yourself is saying, you know, community, database, leads, they're, they're, they're you know, the number one important thing in a business. Why is it often the case where it's just not made a priority in, in a business? Yep. So let me reiterate firstly is marketing, I believe, is the most important pillar in any business because without lead flow coming through, you've got nothing. You could, have the, you could be the best kept secret. Perfect. Yeah, yep. great. Yep. What's that? You know, you could have the best recipe. You could have the the best shoes, the best clothing line, the best no product. No one knows about it. Yep. You could be the smartest, tool, sharpest tool in the shed, but if you're sitting in the corner in a toolbox locked up underneath, no one's going to know, right? Mm. Mm. So it's a conversation I'm having a lot, and, and you'll start to have a lot more um, being in, in the same space. You'll start to identify that there's a big shift from big business um, really starting to understand that that um, online lead generation is the new age of of marketing. Like yeah. CMOs, and traditionally were you know they they sort of had. Um, and I went to actually an event yesterday, which was around CMOs, and um, the the question around actually the lifespan of an average CMO is like eighteen months in a business. Wow. Uh, which is so crazy right now. Yeah. And that's predicated on the CMO up until, let's call it 12 months ago, maybe a little bit more, um, they were responsible for just awareness. Like how much awareness have we got? How much market share have we generated? Um, but now it's like you're you're in charge of key metrics. Like mm. actual, a CMO has such an important role within a company. Mm. You know, if if they're not hitting the targets and metrics and KPIs and leads and because then it's, it's not just leads, it's like quality leads. It's like, you know, um, there's, there's so much that goes into it and a lot of businesses starting to wake up now, especially the bigger end of town, that marketing is actually super important. Yep. You know, I reiterate this because and the, I think this point here generally, generally lands where 
the reason why we see so much conversation out on social right now, like there's groups on how do you run ads? You know, there's so many Facebook groups where it's like, I've got a client and this happened and I've, here's my ad, what would you do? Right? You see a lot of that. Mm. And that's because the industry of, let's call it paid advertising online, digital advertising, is we are in the cake batter stage. Yeah. Right? The, the batter hasn't even been put into the oven yet, so it hasn't even had a chance to set. No one really knows what they're doing in this industry. Yep. The reason why you don't see on social media people asking, what number do I put in the W-2 fields and wages and salaries and my BAS return and zero? You don't see that conversation because guess what you do? You reach out to a bloody accountant yeah. and they are a fully-fledged cake, right? They've been baked for many a year. They're mm. an industry. Mm. And... There's going to be a huge shift in the next 12 months, 18 months, where businesses are going to either have to create an absurd amount of internal training to develop a marketing team, or they're just going to have to utilize agency. Yep, yep. And on top of that, what are your thoughts around, and it's something that we're dealing with at the moment. So we've got one problem where business owners are, not aware or scared or you know just not giving marketing the attention it deserves but then if they do make that decision how important is it to go all in to you know allocate a large enough budget to have an impact like a lot of the time we'll have we'll speak to a business who's like yep we know we need to get better at social we need to be doing lead gen but the budget's like you know minimal really really minimal yeah and what we're finding now with you know a lot of our, well, not necessarily larger clients, but clients that are spending a decent amount of money are, surprise, surprise, getting the best results, getting the most traction. So of course. Can, can you speak to that? Can you give some yeah. insight on, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of business owners think marketing, when they hire an agency, they've found a unicorn, right? Yeah. The, the reality is, and just because you pay for a service, it doesn't mean, like, you're not, because it's it's a, a very interesting conversation. People think because they pay to utilize an agency to do the work that they are guaranteed that they should be getting X return and I'm putting in $1 and I need $10 back. It's like, well, geez, that's just not how the world works, right? Yeah. You can, you know, we can do our extreme best to make sure it happens and implement the best strategy and pivot and be agile and all of those variables, right? Mm. Um, but people are going, business owners are going into it with the wrong expectations and a lot of them are getting a big slap around the face from it too because um, there's, there, unfortunately, there's people out there who are guaranteeing results and I'm yeah. like, I, I, I'll go to sleep at night. You know what I mean? So we, we don't guarantee any result. We guarantee that we'll give you the best strategy that we could possibly come up with with the best minds and the best results and here's what we've done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. Um, but What's happening as well is a lot of business owners who are engaging in, in the services, they they want you to find gold, but they only want to give you a rake. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I need a sharp shovel, a big, strong shovel that's going to allow me to dig 8 feet, 20 feet, 100 feet if we have to, mm-hmm. to find the gold. Yeah. So coming back to that point is why most businesses go wrong when it comes to they don't know how much they should spend or what should they spend, it's because they don't even know what their commercials are. They don't even know how much they could spend to actually invest. Like if you look at Uber last year, right, Uber was um, $2.7 billion in the red, 
the year before 2017, 1.7 billion. The year before that, one and a half billion. They ain't making no money, mm. right? They ain't I'll making love, no money right now, right? So if you can look at it, your business is either set up like this. One is it's going to be bootstrapped and you'll slowly grow it over a two, three, five, six, seven year period. The other alternative is you really work out your commercials, exactly how much you can spend to acquire a client, how long you can go without the funds and withhold that debt with inside the business so you can then, you might start making money on month six, month 12 from a client, right? And it goes, how much cash flow do you have in the reserves? Do you need to get investment, outside investment? Do you need to get a bank loan? Hmm. Because trying to start a digital strategy with five thousand dollars, you're pushing shit uphill. Yeah. And the reality is, you're not. It's not going to work. Hmm. Right. So you need to really get clear on the metrics of of your business, your product. Um. You know, I I talk to many business owners, and and I'm talking some some into you know the hundreds of millions of of turnover a year. So the conversations are different from a, you know, a small business owner or a solopreneur who's who's wanting to get some leads for their business, right? But the same rule applies. It's going, yeah. what, what does your product cost? How much does it cost for you to deliver it? You know, what can you upsell, cross-sell to increase average order value? Yep. And all of a sudden, like we, we had a funnel in one of our online products. So we had a funnel that I'd lose money on the front end so let's say just for, for easy maths, let's say it costs me $40 to sell a $30 product. Yep. Okay. Most people go, oh, that's, I'm losing $10 each time. Yep. But 70% of our people took the upsell, which was $30. Right. Yep. Yep. Once you work the mathematics out, you're like, oh, I get it. Mm, mm. I had one product as well that was losing on the first, the first upsell and it only made money on the second upsell. Yep. And I knew that 35 people would take the, the third upsell. Yep. 35% of people would take the third upsell. Yep. So when you look at that, you're like, cool, all of a sudden I'm actually prepared to, on the front end, my product's um, $30, but I'm happy to spend $60 now. Yes. Because I know I'll make a $20 net gain from the whole purchase. Yes. Then it becomes a gain. That's when the ATM starts to happen. Yeah. But without knowing your metrics and your numbers and your data, you, you, yep. you're pissing in the wind. That's it, 100%. Mate, um, I think, you know, just from that short conversation, obviously there's, a, uh, you know, a clear message there for businesses that, uh, you know, marketing needs to be taken seriously. You need to know your numbers. You need to be able to uh, either, you know, be willing to invest uh, the amount of, and as you said, like once you know your numbers, then, you know, making those bigger investments, the right investment isn't so scary because you've done the work. You're not just crossing your fingers and hoping. So, mm. and I think... Um, for any business, uh, you know, speaking from an agency point of view, any business um, that is thinking about employing an agency or getting some external help, the agency should be helping them to get that message clarified, right? Get them to you know, help them get their numbers down so that when the agency comes to them and says, this is the, the monthly cost or the campaign cost, and they go, wow, it's not that scary because it's all been worked out previously. Would yep. you agree with that? Yeah, look, another way to look at it, if you've ever thought about hiring an agency is this, because people balk, like we, we have a minimum monthly management at a starting fee of $5,000 a month, and that, that's on the, the low end up to 65000 a month, yep. right? And for a lot of people, like, whoa, 5000 that's so much, and then I've got to pay ad spend on that. Yeah, of course you do. Think about this, $5,000 a month, that's $60,000 a year. You can't even go and hire a junior marketer to come inside your team to work on your business, like, 
get your get your head in check. Realize that your marketing is the most important thing. If you're not prepared to invest into it, get out of business because you don't deserve to be there. That's my, you know, this is the cold Boom. hard truth. You know? 100%. Um, and start looking at it with perspective. So for us, we've got a team of copywriters, we've got a team of creators, we've got a team of strategists, a team of tech, a mm. team of data analysts, and then of course our, our the senior leadership team that are that are involved in, and the, our secret source where where we really win is. We don't just run campaigns, we grow and scale companies. Yes. And the, the the five lenses that I talk about that are required for ultimate success to create winning campaigns is you need the technician, you need the creative, you need the copywriter, you need the strategist, and then you need a business builder. Yep. So if you know how to build business, the stuff's easy. Yeah. Right? And a lot of, like I said, a lot of business owners, actually into entrepreneurs, they don't know how to build business. Mm. They're trying to do their best, and try, hey, I get it, because hey, you know, I'm I'm doing the same. We're all still trying to we're all still trying to have a crack. Yep. Right. Yep. But people are going. I need new. I need more leads. I need this. It's like no, you need to look at your business under a microscope, and actually come to the reality of do you actually have what it takes to build a business, or do you need to bring someone internally who can help drive this machine? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's the cold hard fact. It is. You know, because then you try and hire a copywriter and a creative and a designer into your team, you're looking at two to three hundred thousand dollars a year salary just to have a team of, you know, three yeah. max, let's call it four people, and then you have to hope that they know what they're doing. Yes, that's that's the point but I was gonna make too. Yeah, exactly. That's the other side of it. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest obstacles we ran into, um like how, how big's your agency? So we've like got team. four at the moment. Okay. So you're gonna run into a problem if you have desire for scale, and I and I'll throw you a bone here. You're, you're going to run into a problem where you can't find talent. Yep. Right? Got you're it just now. not going to be able to. Yep. And you're going to be turning away clients because you, you can't service them. And that's because there is a talent pool that is extremely slim out there. Yep. Right? The talent pool is sort of like the outback of Australia. There might be a little puddle here and there, and there might be a couple of little unicorns of people who have who have had a crack and, yes. and so forth. Yes. You're going to have to quickly create training that can take so from my mindset where where I'm at in the in the the puzzle of the equation is we need to be able to create something that I could take and put my mother through has no idea about social media and then she could come out and, and become a really good ad buyer. Yep. Right. But that's gonna take some serious training and some serious undertaking and serious financial commitment. Mm. You know, like you gotta be willing to bring someone on board to your team if they are a novice. Um and train them appropriately for the first few months before they even touch campaigns. Yeah. Like yep. really? Yeah, 100%. And, and that's a big burden to that's a big business burden that you got to run but yep. it comes back again to the investment. Know your numbers on what it costs to acquire a lead, know your numbers on how long you can you can train up a, a team member and what that's going to be worth and the capabilities of that and yep. and um you know there, there's it's a and again because it's the the industry is so fresh. There's there's really no courses out there that can make people you know maybe a handful that that could spit people out and and they become proficient. But they'll become proficient in one area. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um. So it's it's a it's a jungle out there, man. And um, it's exciting for us because you know mm. we're we're carving our own path yep. out there. And um, you know, I want more people to win an agency as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm, I don't see you as competition at all. I go, man, hopefully you can build something that's great so you can help serve it because there's no way we can service everyone. Yeah. There's no way. Exactly. You know, we, we turn people away all the time and, and 
reality is, is off the top of my head, there's there's really no agency that I'm going to send people to. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. one or two that if they fit the requirement, because that's quite a niche one, but mm-hmm. it's because it's still so new. It's still so fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I want to just wrap up that little section by, you know, for, for anybody who is out there considering uh, an agency, um, just, yeah, do you do g- diligence, like, you know, do a bit of research, find someone who's got the stats and the credibility, uh, you know, who, who has some results in your space and uh, make the best decision and investment for your business. Yep. And the cheap. Cheapest is not always the best. Right? Cheapest is it's often like, not the best, would you agree? Yeah. Especially like, in the yeah. marketing space. Of course. You get you what know, you pay for. Yep. It's like going to get that fake Gucci handbag in the streets of Thailand. Cool. It'll, it'll last for four, month, four weeks maybe. 100%. And the stitch starts coming off. But here's the other part to it, right? You know that it's fake. Yeah. You know that, you've, you know that it's not real and you know that you haven't made the best decision. Mm. Same thing when you hire a cheap-ass agency you know that that's probably in your gut feel yeah. you're like ah i knew i shouldn't have done it but i just thought i hoped it might have worked it's like oh i get it you know we're all trying to do what we can mr brett campbell what social media platform do you think people are currently sleeping on that they are not giving it enough notice mm-hmm. what do you reckon um it, w- it would have to be probably LinkedIn to be honest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of made a bit of a and for me it's probably because that's you know, I'm putting a bit more attention into that I'm, I'm paying a lot more attention to it um, I still think people are sleeping on Facebook like I, I still think there's there's a lot of a lot of opportunity in Facebook still to be had um, so there's a there's a few opportunities in there that I see going by the wayside Um and the biggest that they're probably sleeping on is is the phone. Yeah. Get on the phone and call someone, talk to someone. <laughs> That's you know? right. Make a phone call, make connections, build that yep. community. Yep. Mate, uh, just before we let you go, for anybody who's followed your journey uh, and knows you quite well, um, they'll, uh, they'll know what I'm talking about here, mate, but is there any chance that the vlog's going to make a return? Mate, it's been in the it's been on the list of of requirements. Um, so I hope it does. In in a when I say I hope, it'll come back, but it'll be different. Yeah. Um, but it'll be very purposeful for for the now. I love it. Love it. So. Mr. Brett Campbell, thank you so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, keep doing uh, keep doing what you're doing, inspiring uh, us young agency owners, but also uh, business owners in general. And uh, where can people find out more about yourself and Claxon? Uh, you can go to claxon.agency um, or you just search me on uh, any socials, Brett Campbell Official. You'll be able to uh, find me there. And if you find, if you go search Brett Campbell, ask the guy if he's willing to give up the URL to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. We should uh, should start a bit of a, a petition. You know, get yeah. uh, get Brett his handle back. <laughs> yeah, give me my handle. Tell you what, my my brettcampbell.com, I don't own it. A guy who does mosaics has it. Um, so anyway, happy happy uh, days to to Brett Campbell, the mosaic builder. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Mate, thanks so much for your time. Hope to talk to you in the near future. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you having me. And um, to anyone listening out there, we'd always love, um, you know, as much as I I love to talk and share, I I care more about what you do about it if you do anything about it. So make sure you uh, tag Anthony or myself and uh, 
you know, what your biggest takeaway from, from our conversation was. Love it. Perfect. Let us know we're on the right direction. Thanks, mate. So that's it for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you love the show, the greatest form of feedback you can give is to leave a review. It helps the show grow. It helps more people find it. And I would really appreciate that. Head over to anthonygmurphy.com where you'll find all the show notes and links for today's episode. And if you just want to stay up to date with me and see what I'm up to, head over to Instagram, anthonygmurphy and say g'day. And I will talk to you in the next episode.